uh, CSM starts tonight. Just, just, be, just be there. It's awesome. Uh, we have some really cool stuff that we're doing in CSSM. Uh, so I, I, I kind of teased this announcement uh, a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to follow up on it and give a little more, a little more into it. Is that um, how many of you guys are familiar with Stephen Bell? He's an associate pastor out of Riversong Church. You guys familiar with who he is? Some of you are, some of you aren't. If you've been in CSSM, you definitely are, because we bring him through CSSM uh, usually once, twice, even three times a year. He's just a super gifted, anointed leader. We love, St- I, I just love Stephen. I've, you know, developed a, a relationship with him over the last five years. Uh, and Stephen is actually, for CSSM Powell, he is going to start coming and being involved in CSSM Powell every week. That's a real, like, gift from Jesus. And so uh, I, I called Stephen this summer and said, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about coming up to CSM Powell, like, every Sunday night and kind of doing some really cool stuff together? And, and he prayed about it, and he's like, dude, he's like, me and Jenny, his wife, we feel the Lord on that, so we're going to do it. And so uh, he's still with Riversong Church, and we totally, you know, we totally, like, bless that. We love that. Uh, but he's going to be with us here at CSM Powell, like, every night. So you're going to want to be here. And uh, he's not going to be speaking every night, but there's going to be stuff involved every night. And so um, we got some really great stuff. Uh, we have Derek Williams, a pastor of Freedom Rain Christian Center. You guys love Derek. I don't know if you know him, but some of you guys are familiar with him. And Shatisha, his wife, uh, Blaze. Um, what's Blaze's last name? Johnson? Yeah. Blaze Johnson. I like, he like, he's like, he just has one name. It's Blaze, you know. Uh, but he's going to be here this quarter doing some worship. And so it's going to be an amazing quarter. Uh, next quarter, we have Leif Hetland coming through on Sunday night. It's a Sunday night only, so you have to be in the ministry school, so just join now. Uh, and uh, Blake Healy's coming and doing a conference with us at Pickerington. He'll be here. So there's a lot of really great stuff going on. Uh, you can register still for CSM. Just come tonight. Uh, we start at 5, and, uh, and, and we can kind of get you all plugged in. Um, the last thing is uh, the Normandy Project. I want to give you guys just an, an opportunity to get involved if you'd like to. So the Normandy Project, a lot of you guys are familiar with it. It's an effort we're making in downtown Columbus. We've got a building on Broad Street. We're in the process right now of the, um, the renovation to it, and we're finalizing all of our permitting with the city and all this stuff that you all probably get really excited about. Like one contract in the room's like, yes, I, I do. Uh, but it's, it's just a lot of things that are going on with it. Um, well, we actually are using that building. We're going to help uh, women who are coming out of trafficking situations, Get, you know, continue their journey of wholeness, teach them some life skills, equip them. It's just, it's the missing piece in our region for women who are coming out of trafficking, how to walk into wholeness again. Does that make sense? And so a lot of, they go through rehabilitation and detox, and then they're essentially told, like, you know, good luck, like with life. And so we will want to come into that space and help them get, we're going to bring subject matter experts to teach things like, how do you open a bank account? How do you budget? How do you like pay rent? How do I, what kind of employment skills do you have? We're going to bring in people to give them those things as well as like sozos and like some more, some worship. Like it's going to be an amazing environment. And so um, that's just a little bit about it in case you didn't know. Uh, but we, we have an opportunity. Um, if I could have Angie Withers stand up. Is she in the room? I hope so. She's supposed to, she's in the, she's what? She's, oh, she's somewhere. She's counting. She is she in the room counting or in heaven counting? Or like, there she is, Angie. Come on and thank you so much. So Angie, just just this is Angie. She's awesome, and uh, uh, she is leading a team. Uh, the reason I say all this, she is leading a team that we're going to look for involvement. If you want to serve at like Ohio State football games 
or sports events around the city, like the Schottenstein Center, even for some concerts and stuff. Uh, there's, there's a group, uh, there's a business that allows uh, nonprofits to come in with a group of people and to serve and to like sell stuff like for the event. Does that make sense? Like, like soda or like, I don't even know. But like you're basically there serving, like kind of working. And instead of paying you, the money that they would have paid you, all of your hourly earnings and wages, they collectively give that to a nonprofit. Does that make sense? So our group, Angie is leading a group to do that for the Normandy Project. So if you just want to kind of serve or, you know, if you're like, hey, I can't give financially right now, but I could give some, a little bit of time and resources, you can go and connect with Angie. She's putting this team together that this fall we're going to actually start to be able to go. And you get to go to like Ohio State football games. So some of you are like, yeah, that's, you're speaking my love language, like thank you, Jesus. Uh, but you can go to sporting events and things like that. So right after, right after we're done today, Angie will be back there in that back corner. And if you're interested in just learning more, connect with her. Are you guys okay? All right. That was like an involved announcement, so that's why I had to do it. So um, a couple things. One more thing real quick. I'll just say this. Uh, Ricardo, how many of you guys love Ricardo? He is amazing. He's awesome. Some of you guys saw it uh, on, on social media is that he is, he is uh, moving to Texas. Everyone say Boo. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, we're, we're, that's a selfish boo. Uh, that's not like a spirit boo. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he's, he's moving. He feels the Lord on it. He's talked to us about it, um, our staff, for a number of months. And, and we were just totally blessing him to, 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 to go. And uh, long term, though, that's really just a pit stop. Really long term, he wants to start ministry in Venezuela, like to see people saved, healed, delivered, and to see a nation come to Jesus. And so that's kind of his long-term vision. So today, guys, like Pastor Jim and Mary, we were able to pray for him last week. But why don't you guys just stretch out your hand? We just bless you, Ricardo, and everything that, that you are saying yes to God in. We just bless everything that you have done here. And we, are, we love you. We are thankful for you. We are going to miss you. There is always going to be a home for you here. And we just say favor, anointing. And uh, provision for every step that you feel God leading you in. We bless you, Ricardo. We just release safety over you. We thank you, Jesus, for the ministry in Venezuela that's going to come, Lord. We thank you for the nation that's going to be saved, Father. So we just bless our brother, our friend, Ricardo, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, guys, after church, man, give him lots of hugs and, you know, connect with him. Let him know how much uh, you appreciate him. If you don't know, Ricardo has done a lot around here, AV stuff to wiring stuff that I don't even know about. You know, sometimes I'll come in and he's got like this snake and like, why? I'm like, I don't even know what you're doing. But, uh, but he has done just countless hours of work behind the scenes for us. And so we're just super grateful for all, all of the leaders around here that, that we don't see on a regular basis, you know. You know, it's like the AV teams at every church. It's like you only know they exist when there's a problem. You know what I mean? It's like there's a problem with AV. Everyone just does this, like turns to them. Like, do you know there's a problem? And they're in there like, of course I know there's a problem. You know, but, you know. So, uh, so we just love our AV team and everyone who serves as well as our children's workers. So, okay. Um, why don't you guys stand up for a second? I know that, you know, we kind of sit in for a minute here. Uh, we're going to... We're going to kind of go after a couple things today, um, but the first thing I want to do is just recognize that how many of you know God's speaking over your life right now? Yeah. That there is actually a voice from heaven over your life right now, yeah. in the moment. And there are times during the week that we like stumble into and encounter God's voice. 
Sometimes it's intentional, and other times you just bump into it. And so I want you to think about one thing that you feel like God showed you or said to you or prompted you uh, or nudged your heart a little bit. What was one thing this week that you bumped into the voice of the Lord? Just take a moment and think about it, you know? All the prophetic people are like, uh, journal, I'm ready to go. <laughs> so, so whatever, just, just one thing, and obviously I'm sure there are many times throughout the week that you, know, you, you felt like you were experiencing God's presence and voice, but what's just one thing this week? And uh, go ahead and share it with your neighbor, share it with just someone around you, introduce yourself if you don't know them. Uh, and, and go ahead and do that. And married couples, this might be a great opportunity just to, you know, connect and uh, just go ahead and share uh, what that one thing is you felt like God was like speaking to you this week. Make sure you let someone else share just for a moment. If you're like, man, I'm not sure what God was saying, that's okay. Take another moment if you haven't shared. After you're finished and you feel like you shared, you can sit down just so I can get a sense of awesome. All the introverts just sat down. You're like, yep, I've been finished for like three minutes. Awesome. I think they're having a service right here, so. I'm going to break up the four. I know, I know, he's talking so much. I know, I love it. You know, when you get, like, you know, intercessors and prophetic people, and you're, like, asked to share one thing, well, there's seven parts to that one thing, you know? I get it. Totally get it. I don't know, I just want to get a sense, like, how many of you, by sharing what you feel like God's saying, like, that thing became alive to you for a moment again? Like, just by sharing it, you kind of began to have this kind of mini encounter with the voice of the Lord again. You know, I love how God's voice operates, that it's in the moment that we hear something from the Lord, everything begins to change. Like, it, sometimes it comes in seed form, sometimes it comes like a hurricane, other times it 
comes like a still small voice. But every time that we encounter God's voice, it's a voice that actually has like eternal ramifications. It's not a voice that like he spoke it and now it has no impact. It's actually a voice that that when we encounter God's voice and revisit his voice, it actually enlargens. Does that make sense? Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is what? Yes to everything. I hear, there's, like, there's like six different versions of the Bible that everyone was saying there. Pow, I heard powerful, living, active, sharper than a double-edged sword. That, that God actually has a lot to say just about his voice, his word. You know, those are two interchangeable things. They're, they're context-dependent for, you know, what, what, what they're referring to. But his voice, you know, the, his word comes from his voice, right? Like, like, like your written comes from inside of here. That the written word and the voice of God have this something mysterious, something spiritual, something really powerful about it that it actually has this impact beyond what we even sense in the moment. And sometimes those moments feel like we're experiencing a lot. There's an impact even beyond that. Who was here last week for Pastor Jim's message? Awesome. It's not going to be as good today, but anyway. Uh, Pastor Jim will be back next week. He's, gonna, he's coming back next week. They're in Wales. Like a bunch of people from the church are in Wales doing all this revival stuff with Ray Hughes. So you don't have to feel bad for them. Um, but I just want to connect us today to this tension. Are you guys okay? Yeah. To this tension. Is that have, have you ever experienced the, 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 the friction, the stress, or the tension? And sometimes the Bible seems to say two things that are opposites of one another. Right? Like sometimes it's like, you know, go left. And the next verse is like, the Lord says go right. And you're like, which do I do? It says this in Scripture, things like... Um, uh, you have been given fullness in Christ. That in Christ, you've come to fullness. This is Colossians 2. I think we probably throw it up. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. It says, in Jesus, you've actually been given fullness. Or some, some translations will say, you've, been, you've come to completeness. And other things in the Bible, Paul says this in Philippians. He says, now work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Have you ever just kind of had moments where it's like, well, well, which is it? You're right, right? Like, have I it's fullness? We're still like working stuff out. And and I think that, that there is such a a tension in the Bible that requires the spirit to discern it. Does that make sense? That the Bible is not written just to like read it, to get some stuff up here and to, you know, be able to recite it, and that makes you, like, religious or spiritual. It actually requires his presence in order to discern which way he is slicing and dicing with the sword. Does that make sense? And, and I think it's just really important that we recognize that when we're encountering his voice, even the, the active voice of the Lord that you heard this week, maybe it was in scripture, but maybe you're, you bumped into his voice while you were driving, you know, while you were just resting and relaxing, when your mind was kind of turned off, you just got a sense of God's presence, he began to speak to you. There's something so important about knowing that, man, it requires him to even unpack that for me further. 
that I can always revisit the voice of the Lord, and it becomes larger because he starts to unpack it, even when I'm just thinking about it. But when I speak it out, it's like I begin to encounter it again. Why? Because you encountered the voice of the Lord when he spoke it out, right? I know this is like quantum physics. It's just like this is the simplest, most foundational level of like interaction. It's like you encountered someone's voice when they spoke. I know. Well, you know, it says in the Bible that you have been given fullness. It actually says that, that you're actually called to be imitators of God. That when you speak out what he said, it's like as though he spoke it to you. Do you, you see, you guys follow me? That like when you speak it out, you're actually walking into the fullness of the word more because you're doing what he says to do, which is to imitate God and be like him. So when, when, when you read the word, when you hear his voice, you have not just permission, but a responsibility to speak it out. It could be to yourself, it could be to other people, but you have a responsibility. Because why? Because it actually says that, does this make sense? Like, am I connecting the dots here? That you are called to be an imitator of God. Well, God speaks. So when you hear God speak, you speak. You declare it out. You speak it over your life. You talk to God about it. You know, some of this tension of you've been given fullness in Christ. Everyone just say fullness. fullness. That's just a good word. You've been given fullness in Jesus. That there's no part of inheritance that isn't yours. It's not up to you. Aren't you glad? It's not up to your performance. It's up to his. Charles Spurgeon, the revivalist, I quote him often because I love reading Spurgeon's like, messages. And he said this, he said, You stand before God as if you were Christ, because Christ stood before God as if he were you. That, you, that there is fullness over your life. Now here's the problem sometimes, is that because you're in process, you feel like that word doesn't connect right? Because, you, because you're in process, you feel like that word doesn't connect. Well, I have some really great news for you. You're called to grow into the fullness that's already available. Like, you're called to grow into that fullness. I'll give you an example. Uh, my nephew, one of my nephews, I have, I have three nephews, and they're all, they're between like two and six, God bless my sister, and uh, and and they're 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 just rambunctious boys, and uh, something you know totally unrelated is have you ever noticed that boys and girls at like ages like two through six are just very different, like like girls have like their motor skills are like this, like they can like do things with their hands, and like tie things or like, you know what I mean, or like they're good at soccer because they're actually a little bit more coordinated. And they're good with their hands and feet and like small motor skills. And boys are more like big motor skills, like the big movers. Like they want to climb, but like if I asked them to hand me a fork and, and, and a spoon, they probably couldn't do it at the same time. You know what I mean? And, and okay, I just thought it's really interesting the way that happens. Anyway, um, so my, my nephew, my oldest nephew, uh, his name's Caleb, uh, 
he is going to be, he is like the 99th percentile of every category of like size, weight, head, you know, just like, just like everything. And he's been that way since he was born. He was a really big baby. And uh, we were like, man, when, I, when he was first born, I was like, Kyle, you better start investing for teenage years to feed these boys because this is, this is going to, this is going to be crazy. And, uh, you know, my, uh, my brother-in-law uh, is a big guy. He's like 6'4 and just a really big guy. And so Caleb, on his life, it's just really interesting. Like, he's going to be a really tall, like, person. He's already, the, like, the, the tallest of his class. But he's not there yet. But he's going to be over six foot tall for sure. Why am I saying all this? You know, there's a calling on your life of, of fullness in Christ. And just because you're not at six foot two yet doesn't mean you're not going there. Does this make sense? It says this in, in, in Psalm 119, verse 98. I know, the psalm that all of us read all the time. Psalm 119, the longest, the longest chapter in the Bible. It says this. It says, your word, Lord, is eternal, and it stands firm in the heavens. Other translations will say, your word is settled in the heavens. That his voice over your life is actually settled in heaven. There's no issue with completion. There, there, does this make sense? Yeah. It's said and it's done. Isaiah 55, 11. Are you guys with me? We're actually going to kind of wrap things up here soon. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11 says this. I want to read the same version that we have up here. Awesome. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So it is with my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent. Another version, the New Living Translation says, it will prosper everywhere that I send it. Have you ever gotten a word and you're like, man, that's amazing and powerful, but there is no proof of that being happening in my life. There's nothing external that you would say, yet, like, that's occurring. It's those words, those big words over your life, that if you actually begin to connect to it, you'll begin to grow into it. Does that make sense, you guys? The word that you feel, like, unqualified for, if you begin to connect to it, you begin to grow into it. Sometimes it comes in seed form. Sometimes it comes in that burning bush. Sometimes it's a mountaintop experience, and sometimes it's a, it's a whisper in a valley. But the seed that you sow, that has been sown into you, will, will blossom. Is this good news for anyone else? Am I the only one that gets encouraged to know that God is going to do that thing that he spoke of? Like in my life and through my life? Come on, Jesus. He spoke to me about being a pastor when I was like, I didn't even have that remotely on my radar. I've shared that story before. I mean, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't remotely on my radar. Like, I don't know if you've ever gotten a word like that. Where it's like, I don't even know if I'm interested in that. <laughs> right? Have you ever gotten a word? You're like, I don't even know if I even like, like that word. <laughs> but what happens is this, is that... Is that 
The difference between, listen, God's speaking to everyone. So why do some people grow into, why, do, why does the, the word sort of happen to other people more than others? Just follow me for a second. You know, there, there's a place that we're actually responsible to steward the word. And, and, and it, look, we, we shared before, I shared before how, you know, we declare it, we speak it out. But also there is a yieldedness in our hearts that's going to determine the fruitfulness. How many of you guys have shared the gospel with somebody, and it was like, <laughs> I mean, you're not getting anything back here. Like, you're like, I'm not, I don't know if you want to hurt me, or like, you know, you're, just, you're, you're doing your best to obey, obey the Lord, and you're sharing something, you're sharing about Jesus, you're sharing about, about salvation, you're sharing about the kingdom of God. God begins to manifest, and this person is just like a total statue. And you're like, I don't, I don't know. You go home, you're like, I'm the worst evangelist ever. Like, I don't even know if I'm called, Lord. I think that was for everybody else. How many of you have been there before? And how many of you have seen that person have an encounter with Jesus? Like, you've heard about it later. I just got a phone call on Friday night. I'll just share with you guys. It's, it was just such a gift to me. I've just been geeking out about it. Just... You know, I love leading people to Jesus. I, I, this last couple of months, I've gotten to lead so many people to Jesus one-on-one. It's just been, it's just been awesome, and I love doing it. And I, love, I love the masses. I love, you know, doing stuff where we see tons of people come to Jesus at services or at conferences or, or doing our speaking and doing all that stuff. I, I, like, I totally love it. But I also really love the one-on-one stuff. I just, because Jesus is the kind of one-on-one God, right? He's not just like a CEO that you hear from him at a town hall meeting. I mean, he actually lives with you. Anyway, and so I got this phone call uh, on Friday night, and I didn't answer it. Um, I, I just, actually, I don't remember it coming through, but it went to voicemail, so I checked it yesterday. And it was this African man, sounds like Musagala, and, uh, and he's like, hey, pastor. <laughs> and he, he's, like, he's like, pastor, you don't remember me. I, I won't do his voice anymore, cause, <laughs> but I just love, I love, I love his accent. And, and he, he, was like, he was like, you don't remember me for sure. He's like, but you actually led me to the Lord. And at the time, I wasn't super, I didn't give you any feedback. I'll just, you know. he's, like, he's like, but I want you to know that I'm totally born again, and my life has been radically changed. You know, those moments when the voice of the Lord, when the word of God is released, he establishes what has already been settled in heaven comes to fulfillment on earth. Does this make sense? The words over your life that haven't come to fulfillment yet, don't give up on it. The, the, some of the tension between having fullness in Jesus, you've been given fullness and experiencing that fullness, is actually us stewarding the voice of the Lord in our lives to grow into the fullness that's already been given. Are you guys okay? Yeah. Am I speaking to anyone in the room today? Yeah. John 15, 1 through 11. You guys can pop, open your Bibles there real quick. It says this, that I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. I'll, I'll read this so it's not a different translation. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does, he, 
uh, bear fruit, he prunes so that it would be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Everyone just say for a moment, like not to be robotic, but like just say much fruit. fruit. Like much fruit. Like you're not called to bear a little bit of fruit. You're called to bear much fruit. Is anyone else encouraged? Apart from me, you can do no thing or nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and, and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, or other translations, you'll see, if you keep my word, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The last thing I want to, I want to talk about is the voice of the Lord carrying it is, is this is the atmosphere of intimacy with Jesus. This is the atmosphere of cultivating that intimacy with Jesus. That, that carrying his voice, carrying his word, stewarding those places, encountering God through the word. Sometimes you just got to read the word until you start encountering Jesus. If you're like, man, that's a struggle for me, just read it until you start encountering Jesus. And you're like, that's going to take like 10 minutes. Yeah, it might. <laughs> it might take a half hour. It, I've, I've read through the Bible for like two, three hours before. And it just feels like, man, I'm not getting anything. And then, boom, all of a sudden, I start encountering Jesus. That sometimes we actually have to do a little seeking. We have to lean in a little bit more than just what's convenient. How many of you found that when you lean in beyond convenience, usually that's the place that Jesus has been waiting for you? If you lean in beyond convenience, you'll begin to encounter God more and more. The people that are growing in the fullness are leaning in beyond convenience. And that's, that, that right there is a big barrier for a lot of people in the West. What are you talking about? God's the God of all convenience? No, he's God of all comfort. Because comfort speaks to the fact that you're being inconvenienced. So he's going to come and comfort you in your inconvenience. I'll just say this. God is not the God of, of, of convenience. He's the God of all comfort. And then when we press past our convenience is when we begin to grow into fullness in Jesus. I know. Let that conviction sink in. But, but, but it's true. And I've seen so many people, you know, that in the West, like, we, we like, oh, man, like, you know, I got 15 minutes with Jesus today, but then I got a meeting after that. It's like we never, you know, no one has time to pray. It's just some people make time. No one has time in their schedule for Jesus, but will you make time? Will you press out some things so that, you know what, your convenience isn't, isn't our highest priority? You know, sometimes Jesus will just rearrange your life without asking you permission. Have you ever found that to be the case? I don't know. It's like he, we're his disciples. He's not mine. 
And this is where that place of it, that yielded heart, plays a big role in growing into fullness. This is what yield means. Are you guys still okay? This is what yield means. We actually have some definitions for you. Yield means to give up or relinquish control. It also means to produce or to provide. For instance, like the vineyard is yielding grapes. You know, when we yield, we actually are in a position to bear much fruit. You'll hear words like surrender and things like that. We're talking about the same thing. We're talking about yielding to Jesus, yielding to the voice of the Lord, yielding just to his presence, those moments that he just begin, you begin to bump into his presence, you yield your schedule so that that, that thing, that encounter begins to grow. Is that challenging for anyone else in the room? That you bear much fruit. There's this place of yielding. And in order to produce, we have to obey. Obey simply means this, to do what you hear. Just to do what you hear. You know, a lot of us in the room get promptings from the Lord, like often, to do something. And it doesn't, here's the thing. Sometimes we categorize God's voice to like this spirit, this like, um, I don't know how to say it, but like this religious thing of like God will only speak to me when like I have to prophesy over somebody. Or God will only like speak to me when he wants me to like go and share about Jesus. It's like your connection to Jesus and non-ministry is way more important than whatever your ministry mindset is. It's just like Jesus wants to talk to you about everything. Did you know, like, like, you can't get too hyperbolic about the claims of Jesus. Jesus is, like, he's the Lord of all. He created everything. Like, he's really good at everything. So he wants to talk to you about stuff. So I say that because sometimes you'll bump into the voice of the Lord, and you're only, you think it's like you being nice. And it's actually Jesus prompting you to go do something. Does this make sense? Like, hey, go, just go say hi to that person. And sometimes we'll just get super religious about it and be like, okay, Lord, what's the shagababa word of the Lord right, for this person right now? And, like, and like, like, I want to always have my ear and leaning into that place, but I won't make that the qualifier to obedience. If he's saying to do it, you go and do it. You don't have to add in the church religious stuff to it. Does that make sense? Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I love that stuff. I mean, I lead ministry schools. Like, this is like my heartbeat of life is, is, is seeing people encounter Jesus. But, you know, sometimes seeing people encounter Jesus, it actually looks like just obeying what God's doing. That he can, he can give them an encounter through your obedience way beyond giving them encounter through, like, your planning of what obedience should look like. Does it make sense? So sometimes that might look like this. is going over and just introducing yourself to your neighbor who lives next door. Like so many people don't know their neighbors. How can you love your neighbor if you don't know, if you've never met? <laughs> it, it looks like this. It just looks like, hey, stopping and, and you know, you seeing somebody, and you know what? Your heart just kind of is bent towards them. Just go over and just see how they're doing. Like, hey, what's going on, man? You know, I just saw you over there. I just want to introduce myself. Sometimes it could be uh, writing a letter to somebody and just letting you know how much you appreciate them. Like someone's on your heart all the time. You know, maybe there's some action that you're actually supposed to take with that. Instead of just saying like the religious thing is like, I'm just going to pray and intercede for them. I mean, totally do that. That's a good call like every time. But, you know, what if God is nudging you to like, hey, just write a letter, write an email. 
Just send a text to that person. Encourage them. How many of you get, are, are prompted by the Lord to do little things like that, like often? Like you would say, like, that's one of the main ways that God, like, speaks to me. You know what? The voice of the Lord grows when we disobey it. When we just step into that, it actually, that space in God begins to grow. And so I want to close today by showing a video. Are we good to do that? Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Awesome. All right. So this was a, this was a study done by a, a PhD, um, and he, he explains it the, the first part of it, but I want to give it a little bit of context. And what he did was he took this experiment, and um, he would take water, and he would speak things. He would just say stuff. How many of you are familiar with this? He would, he would say stuff. And sometimes he would sing, and he would have people come and pray, and then they would crystallize the water to see what happened, to see if anything changed. So go ahead and play it. This is when they said love. stop it there. How, how amazing is that? How much our words have power. Have you ever thought, see, when God speaks, 
something gets formed. If that happens with water, how much more you who's made in his image? That when God speaks, something inside of you starts to get formed. You know, the words on your life are carrying everything to bring it into fullness. And as you can tell, we actually can do the same, be imitators of God. You know, I was, I, I was talking with someone just two days ago. I just met somebody. I like meeting strangers. And uh, we wound up talking for, for a couple minutes. And, uh, and she was telling me how, uh, you know, uh, she, like, really doesn't like her family. And really, like, just, just, just is, she used the word, like, hate, you know. And, and there's a lot of brokenness there. And, and, uh, and she's going to change her name, her middle name and her last name. And I was, I was just telling her, I'm like, I think your name's awesome, though. I mean, I really did. I was like, I think your name's really cool. And, and she was like, oh, well, thanks, you know. And, and, and then it kind of unpacking more. So I'm thinking, like, man, there's just so much going on in, in, this, in this, this person's life. And, and then she tells me about how her favorite movies are horror movies. And I'm just like, oh, man. She's like, do you like horror movies? I'm like, I really don't, you know. And, I mean, I, you know, I... I just don't, you know, there's not my, you know. And, and I told her, I was like, do you think that has an impact on you? And she was kind of like, well, no, not really. I'm pretty numb to it. I was thinking, isn't that a problem? The numbness, that thing? You see, Jesus would talk about himself like this. Like, I, my words are spirit and life. And what we surround ourselves in, even what like our gates we allow in through our eye gate, our ear gate, has an impact on what gets formed inside of us. So we're not trying to get people to be like weird religious zealots. We're trying to get you to be, we want to be connected to Jesus, whose spirit and life and his voice over our life and spirit and life, whether it comes in that small whisper, that little nudge, or whether it comes in that big tornado of God's voice where you're, you know, ugly crying and pulling the car over. You know, what matters is just engaging with his voice. So just why don't you guys stand? We'll close with this. I just feel like there's just a grace in the room just right now in the moment for it says that God's word is sown and it's sown, sometimes it's sown in good soil where it lands and grows. Other times it's, it's scattered and it hits rocky places. I just feel like there's a grace in the room right now for the Lord just to kind of turn over some soil so that, that there's a fresh place of landing. And that just means this, that if you just agree with that, if you want to come into that place, that you're probably going to get the voice of the Lord just hitting you in new and fresh ways this week. Does that make sense? And so right now, just put your hand on your heart. And so, God, we just say, uh, turn over all the soil of our heart, God, that there would be just fresh landing places for your voice. God, thank you that you are growing me, you're growing us into the fullness of Jesus on our lives. That what Jesus paid for, you're, you're, you're giving us the reward of his suffering, God. So we just say, Lord, we're going to be stewards. God, we say that, that there is just a new season and a new day of capturing your voice, of giving your voice away. Father, and we just say, Lord, would you just help us to encounter your voice through your word, through your spirit, through your presence, God, in new dimension, in new depth, because Jesus, we need it. 
Jesus, we need it. We need every ounce of every syllable on your lips, Lord. Let it come and land in our hearts, God. And we just say right now, Lord, any place that we've just given over territory, uh, real estate of our heart, we just right now, God, just repent. And we just yield that place back to you. We yield, we just submit that space back to you to be productible soil for you again, Jesus. So right now, we just take authority over all those places, and we say, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, this week, even today, God, we just say, come and invade our lives, invade our hearts, Lord, with your voice afresh, Jesus. We thank you for what you're forming every time you speak. That when you speak, God, you establish things. And so, Father, we say establish everything that is settled in heaven. Establish it on earth, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. If you receive something today, just let's say thank you, Jesus. Amen.